if you would like to turn, uh, open your scriptures up to Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, coming out of the series that we were in, I think really exposed a lot of the enemy's tactics. Also coming out of the marriage uh, uh, classes that we were doing, uh, for those of you that were there, I think uh, through the Word of God turned us, uh, turned our minds and hearts onto marriage in a way that maybe maybe some had never seen it before, with an understanding from from a scriptural standpoint. <clears throat> and I think there are those moments when there are uh, there are spiritual there are spiritual attacks. And uh, as long as you remain in your own spiritual attack and you don't talk to anybody else about it, the enemy is able to isolate you and make you feel like you're alone in that. And so I, I had been experiencing, and you know, I'll share some vulnerability with hopes that it helps you, um, but I had been experiencing some major, major spiritual attack and just pressure that that I cannot explain um, there were moments when I would I was just at night my mind racing would not stop just just on and on about everything and I would just lay there and pray Lord please let me sleep let me sleep um, a lot of other things, mind battles and, and things that were, that were happening that I knew was spiritual warfare, and I kind of had a little meltdown um, one day. And the next day I talked to, I was talking to Chris, and I just shared, I said, I tell you, the spiritual, the spiritual warfare has been relentless. And she began to share that it had been the same for her, that she was going through the same thing. And so I talked to a couple other people who said they were going through the same thing. So here's what, what I want for us to do today is understand and expose the enemy's tactics. Because I hated to say it, but I told Chris, I said, oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> Not thank the Lord that she's going through such a spiritual attack, but thank the Lord that I, my eyes were opened in that moment to see the work of the enemy behind the scene. And I've been doing this a long time. And, and what is concerning and what is frightening is that when the enemy gets you into this place where he is just trying to wring you out, especially having walked with the Lord as long as I have with such intimacy and still can't put my finger on, on, on there's this vague thing. It's like, you know, I, I know this is the enemy, but, but there's not being, not being able to zero in on it. And when she said that, suddenly, for both of us, we were awakened to the enemy is attacking harvest and... How many of you know if you can if you can wipe out leaders you can you can get you, you can make a lot of progress. And so, 
I begin to talk to some other people and find out that they are going through some of the very same stuff. And so what I want you to do is, is understand at the moment that what you've been going through is not just you going through struggles. The enemy is attacking. I talked to a, a, a brother after the, the first service, and he was saying, I, he said, the, the thing that's been going on with me is that, he said, it's a battle going on within myself to keep me out of the Word. And he said, it's, it's, it's all, I mean, it can get to where it's almost like a physical pressure to keep you from opening the Scriptures and reading the Scriptures. And I don't want a show of hands don't want to do that, but how many of you would say right now that I have felt a pressure unusual, unusual, not a normal thing, a pressure unusual to keep me from prayer and to keep me, to keep me out of the Word of God? I think that probably a lot of you in this room right now, your minds were open to the fact when I started to share that it's like, boom, that's it. I see it because I've been going through the same thing, but I haven't talked to anybody about it. I've kind of kept myself isolated in this thinking something's wrong with me. And there's some of you here even verbalize these words, what is wrong with me? Some of you said the words. How do I know? Because I said it. What is wrong with me? I even said it to Carla, I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel like I'm losing my mind. The enemy's attacks are fierce. But the enemy is not greater than the God that lives in you. And so what I want to do is take a moment for us to remind ourselves of who we are and what we have been given to overcome. There are a couple parallels, and let me just throw this out real quick. There are a couple parallels that have just, just, just opened my eyes in a way, and I've, I shared in the last series one of those is, is how during the time of COVID when there was a physical virus released that, that I just sense in the spirit world that there were demons released upon the world that, that the world had not seen to that point. And then a moment when Israel is attacked by a, by a terrorist and they respond to that attack, Israel, physical Israel, physical battle, but at the same time, the spiritual Israel, if you'll have it, the spiritual church is experiencing a spiritual terror attack upon our lives from the enemy. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? And so the attacks are there. How do we respond? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world operating what he's operating. And if that is true then the greatest threat on the face of the earth to the enemy is the church. We're the only group, we're the only group on the face of this earth 
that Jesus lives in. We're his body. The Holy Spirit abides within us. And if the church were to be taken out right now, there would be nothing holding evil back. Does that make sense? And even with the pressure that we see already, the pressure from evil, the only thing that's holding evil from just, just crushing in and taking over is the presence of the church in this world. And when you think about that, and most of us don't even know the authority we have, if we ever discover it, then the pressure that's pushing in can start to push back. Does that make sense? Anybody tracking with me? So look with me in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in who? Our strength is in the Lord, right? Have you ever said, I just feel like I don't have any strength left? It's okay. You don't have to have any strength left. The strength that you have in the Lord is the strength that you've got to have. And in his mighty power, think about those words. Stand strong in the Lord. Stand strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Church, the power that is in us, that with the strength that we stand in, is not a little power. It is a mighty power. And when we awaken to that, God's going to do some amazing things. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. How many of you know the devil is scheming against you? For our struggle... He didn't say, if you have one, he said there is a struggle. And for our struggle, it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It's not against humans. It's against systems. It's against spiritual powers. But you're not my enemy. For the struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers. Every one of these words, if you study these out, have nothing to do with human beings. It has to do with demons that are behind systems, demons that are working in various ranks within the, within the spirit world against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of darkness or, or the dark powers of this dark world against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms or in the spiritual realm. Therefore, because there's struggle, because there are spiritual enemies that are attacking, because there are, high, there are various rankings of demonic forces that are working behind the scenes to do what we see happening in the physical, because of that, Put on the full armor of God so that when, not if, when, did you notice the word, put on the full armor of God so that when the evil day comes. How many of you notice it does not say if the evil day comes? When the evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground. So he's telling me that there is a way that we can stand our ground. Do you see that? Does anybody see that besides me? This is not a depressing message, though most of you have a very depressed look on your face. 
This is not a depressing message. I know it feels like it at the moment, but it's not going to end up that way because he's telling us that you may stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand, you're going to keep on standing if you know what I'm getting ready to share with you. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish a couple of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Nobody going to call me on that one? In addition to all of, or, or, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. What are those words? Be alert. And always keep on praying for the Lord's people. And then Paul says, pray uh, also for me that when I speak the words uh, may be given, uh, or when I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. It's amazing words from Paul. If anybody understood spiritual warfare, the Apostle Paul understood spiritual warfare. He saw things. He experienced things that were so, so high and beyond, so, so spiritual of the kingdom of God that some things he couldn't even tell what he saw. But to the same degree and the same level, the enemy attacked him to the point that his body was beaten. So at, at one point, left for dead, he, was, he experienced horrible things in persecution against himself. But he tells us, here is how you stand. And he goes and he gives us a, a list of things. It could be, we could see if, I, if we had uh, a picture of the armor, we could see the picture of armor, but the very first one he starts with is the belt of, you may remember the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What we're going to find is in this armor, this entire thing is Jesus himself. And when we put on Jesus in our life and we're walking with him and we're focused upon him, that is the armor. He says the belt of truth. How many of you know your belt holds up stuff that needs to be held up? Right? And if you don't have a belt on, sometimes things fall apart <laughs> that shouldn't be falling apart. That's the belt of truth. And when we are not walking with the truth, Jesus the truth, when we're not walking with him and in his truth, things start to fall apart. We see that happening in our country right now. Once you let go of the, once you, once you take the belt off, once you take off the truth, everything just goes, and it's a mess. 
the belt of truth has to be on keeping everything in place. But if we give up the truth, we're in trouble. Who is the truth? Tell me who the truth is. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And so it's all about a relationship with him. Let me, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to give you about four things here today really quickly. Let me just go ahead and give you the first one. The first one is to focus on Jesus. If we're going, if you're going to make it, if you're going to make it through not just surviving, but thriving through what we're about to face, what is coming down the pike, what is coming to the world, not just, not just the world, but bringing it down to us and our nation, when, if we're going to deal with what's coming and we're going to thrive as believers, as children of God in it, we're going to have to have these things. We're going to have to focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. He is your truth. And we have his word that teaches us what we need to know. Am I right? Now, look at the next thing he says. The belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. The breastplate of righteousness in place. What does that mean? What does a breastplate protect? It protects your heart and your, your inner person. And so he's saying the breastplate of righteousness. Let me tell you, where, let me tell you how this comes in. Jesus is our righteousness. We're not righteous without him. Without Jesus, we're all sinners. Am I right? It's only the righteousness of Jesus when we are born again, when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, his righteousness comes in. He takes our sin away and he puts his righteousness in. His righteousness inside of me is what I have to depend on or my heart will fail. My spiritual heart, my, my inner person will fail. And here's what the enemy wants to do is constantly attack you, telling you that you are not righteous, that the mistakes that you've made in the past, bringing them up, bringing them up, bringing them up, haunting you with them, putting them in your mind, constantly bombarding your mind with whatever you have dealt with in your past. Maybe some of those things are regrets. Maybe it's uh, things you did or maybe it's things you thought. Whatever it is, the enemy is constantly haunting you with those things. And if you don't know that your righteousness is in Jesus, he will keep you defeated. He will keep you focused on things of the past. And how many of you know that you can't, you cannot make progress moving forward as long as you're constantly looking in the rearview mirror? The biggest thing that some of you need to understand is that Jesus is your righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness, who is that? It's Jesus. He is your righteousness. And when the enemy comes at you and he starts blaming you and he starts accusing you, and that's what he is so good at doing, here's what you do. I know. I know. I'm, I know I was no good. I know I was a sinner. I know I was deserving of hell. But Satan, here's what I want you to know. I've been born again. Jesus is now my righteousness. What are you going to do? Your future is already sealed. You will spend eternity in a lake of fire. Not me. 
My righteousness is in him. Is anybody tracking? You got to keep reminding him. Every time he attacks your heart, every time he attacks you in such a way as to tell you that you are no good, that your sin in your past is going to continue to weigh you down, you've got to take, take him to the righteousness of Jesus in you. Look at the next one. Feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. What is the gospel? What does gospel mean? Good news? The word gospel means good news, the good news of peace. Who is our peace? Jesus is our peace. We have no peace without him. We have no peace with God without him. We have no peace in life without Jesus. So we have to come to this place to realize that all of this, all of this armor is just, is just Paul in a different kind of a way saying, guys, keep your focus on Jesus. Because if you lose focus on him, if you get too tied to all the bad news that we hear outside these doors, all of the bad things that, are, that the world is just going to completely fall apart, if we give way in our minds to all the negative and all the bad, we will we'll lose our focus on Jesus. How many of you remember... Remember a guy named Peter who walked on water. Anybody remember that? Pretty amazing to me that he walked on water. I mean, some people get real critical about him not about him sinking. I'm pretty amazed that he walked on water because I've tried it many times and I have yet to do it. Peter was walking on water. What happened to him? He saw. First of all, he was focusing on Jesus, and then maybe in his peripheral, he's seeing the lightning, he's seeing the storms, the waves are crashing, he's hearing all of this stuff going on, he's hearing as the waves crash against the boat, he's hearing, he is feeling. I'm sure inside there were all kinds of emotions that were going on for him. And yet as long as his focus was on Jesus, he was walking. But when he gave way to what he felt, what he heard, and what he saw, he sank. I promise you that you will sink in this day that we live if you do not learn how to keep your focus on Jesus. Because there's a lot of bad things happening and they're going to be worse. There's going to be a lot of bad things coming down we are living in the last days. The enemy is working overtime. And we are seeing demonic forces at work that we've never seen before to the extent that we're seeing it today. And if we don't know who we're to focus on, we will sink. And he says, stand how do we stand? We stand when we focus on Jesus, who is our full armor. Does that make sense? The gospel of peace, that's Jesus. Look what he says, verse 16, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith. 
which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the shield of faith. The shield of faith. If you've ever watched some of the movies where there are these, where the battles are going on and they've got their shields and the enemy, the enemy is shooting um, fiery arrows and the arrows are coming through the air and then they take their shield and they block the arrow and then they're back at battle again. They're blocking all the arrows that are coming. The shield of what? The shield of faith. It is our faith in the faithful one. It is our faith in Jesus. It is our faith in his finished work on the cross. It is our faith in the resurrection power of Jesus that lives on the inside of us. It is our faith in what he said he will do. His faithfulness. When we have our faith in him, we can face whatever comes. And we can stop those fiery arrows. But let me ask you a question. Where does the enemy attempt to land the fiery arrows? It's your mind. Your mind is the battlefield. How many of you ever experienced, you understand you experienced that? The battleground. The enemy wins or loses in your mind. He's going to win the battle or he's going to lose. You're going to win the battle or you're going to lose the battle here. And if you give way to fear, if you give way to any number of things that the enemy will attack you with, unbelief, doubt, hopelessness, just ready to throw in the towel. I don't care if I live anymore. I don't care if I die. When the enemy comes at us with those kinds of things, we have to recognize him, and we have to recognize where it comes from, or we're going to think those are our thoughts. And if you think it's your thoughts, you'll never be able to battle them. You've got to know that they are darts that come into your mind Trying to, create, trying to get you to grab a hold and think that the thought that just came through your mind is your own thought, and then you embrace that, and then you begin to try to figure out what's wrong with you rather than understanding, Satan, I refuse to receive that thought. I refuse to think on that thought. I refuse to embrace that thought. That thought is a lie straight out of hell, straight from you, and I will not receive it. I will not accept it. I reject it in the name of Jesus. And you don't let him have the ground. How do we do it? It is by faith, the shield of faith. How does our faith grow? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If we're not in the scriptures, our faith can't grow. And we're vulnerable to all of the fiery darts of the enemy. So if you are experiencing... A time where the pressure from the enemy is pushing to, an, to such an extent to keep you out of the Word of God till you almost feel like a physical something is just keeping you from picking up the Word and reading it. It is no wonder because this is how our faith grows. Are you, are you with me? It's how our faith grows. And if our faith if, we don't, if we're not walking in faith and keeping our faith strong, the shield of faith, then all the fiery darts get through. And that's where you give up. And that's where you quit. And that's where you 
don't want to even live anymore. That's how the enemy works in your mind. We have to stop him. And the only way to stop him is to get in here. But how do you do it when he's pressing so hard to keep you out of it? You have to tell what's going on. You have to talk to somebody you trust and say, I don't know what's going on, but I need you to pray for me. And, and as soon as you expose him, when Chris and I had that conversation, and then what I was going through and what she was going through, the, uh, suddenly the enemy is exposed for what he is doing. And, and the light turns on for both of us. And for many of you here today, the light turned on too. And that's why I'm sharing this message because I know that many of you in this room are experiencing the same thing and we have to learn how to battle. Have you ever, have you ever noticed how that, that, one, little, that one little verse uh, that talks about one of the things in the last days is that people would give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons? Do you know what seducing spirits are? Seducing spirits are those demonic spirits that try to entice you away from walking with the Lord in any number of fashions to the point that you find yourself with a, with a, with a fascination for things that you should not be fascinated with. Are you tracking with me? Where is it coming from? The devil wants you interested in him, not in Jesus. The focus is on him, on Jesus. We have to keep our focus on him. So now I, I know that it's, it's so easy right now to say, yeah, but I know yeah, we have to keep our focus on Jesus. This is one of the things that Chris and I actually we just talked about over there in the green room. And I said, one of the scary things is as long as I've been walking with the Lord, as long as she's been walking with the Lord, is the fact that he can even for a moment, even for a moment, make you forget that he's the one behind your struggle. Even for a moment, he knows what he's doing. And then I think for people who haven't walked with the Lord as long as I have, people who haven't been in the Word almost every day for as long as I have, people who haven't learned to pray and, and, and just sit in his presence the way I have over the years, if that can happen to me, what about you? Or what about somebody else? Many of you may be... With me, you may have been there for many, many years walking this thing. And yet still the enemy comes. So we expose him for what he is doing. And we walk together away from him. Is anybody, is anybody with me? Y'all will. Take the helmet of salvation. You got to know that you know that you know that you're saved. Because the enemy is going to come at you and he's going to do everything he can to make you doubt that you even know the Lord. So you've got to know the word and you've got to know you're saved and that is what protects your mind. The helmet of salvation, no, you know in here, you know that you are saved because Jesus died for you and you put your faith and your trust in him. Who is our salvation? 
Jesus, right? Jesus is our salvation. Everything in this armor is about Jesus, right? And the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Who is the Word? Jesus was the Word eternally before he ever became earthly Jesus. He was the Word. When we walk with the sword of the Spirit, when we walk with Jesus, his Word, and then his revealed written Word to us, that is our sword. What did Jesus do? What did he use when, when the enemy came against him and tempted him? What, what did he use against Satan in his temptation when Satan took him and, and offered him all these things and all this stuff, and Jesus continually used one thing as a weapon. What was it? Is the Word of God. It was the Word of God. Over and over and over, it was the Word of God. So we have to know that our weapon is the Word of God. It is the weapon. All of these other things, they're protecting us but our, the way we come against the enemy is with the sword, and that sword is the word of God. And if he keeps us away from the word, how vulnerable do we become? How vulnerable are we? I think I'm going to stop right there. We're going to talk about prayer next week. From, from these passages. The resurrection power of Jesus lives. If you are a born-again believer, the resurrection power of Jesus lives in you. As a pastor, my greatest desire... I, I, like you, I don't know exactly what's coming down the pike, but it's not hard to continue to read the scriptures and realize that in the last days, things are going to get different and they're going to get worse and they're going to continue to get worse. And the greatest desire in my heart is to make sure that those who God has put within my care, and that's the people that I preach to every Sunday and I teach to every Sunday, that the ones that God has put within my care is that you, that you know how to win. And if you, if you choose not to listen, then, then that, you know, that's your choice. But I don't want anybody to ever be able to stand before the Lord and say, well, I mean, we got our butts kicked because Bud never told us. Well, that, I, I, that's not going to happen. I'm, I'm telling us. I love you. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. I love my friends. I love the people who are a part of Harvest. And more than anything, my greatest desire, there's so many things I could have come in, I could have just preached today, so many things that would have not been near as, as challenging uh, against the enemy. I could have just come in and said, hey, guys, go out there and smile. Love the world. It had been so much easier. But I'm willing to face the spiritual battles that come 
But, but here's what we got to do. And this is how I want to just kind of draw. I want to just wind this up. We have to do this together. I love the vulnerability of the Apostle Paul saying, guys, I need your prayers. Paul, the greatest apostle that ever lived. Paul that saw things that, from a spiritual perspective that nobody else has ever seen. The Apostle Paul that wrote the majority of the epistles in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, he says, I need your prayers. Jesus, the Son of God, spent many nights and hours in prayer. And if they needed to pray and be prayed for, Paul saying, pray for me. Here's what we got to do as a church in these last days. I don't want to, I don't want to, let me give you these things. I'm going to leave number five off. Number one is focus on Jesus. Number two is refuse to be distracted. For those of you that want to write this down and go back later and, and, and just kind of feel, refuse to be distracted, refuse to be distracted. He goes on later to say, be alert and pray. Remember the words, be alert, be alert and pray. Refuse to be distracted. There's a lot of things out there that can distract us. Refuse. And if you have to, do what I do. Stop watching the news. I'm, you, you're going to hear enough. You don't have to watch it. You're going to hear enough even without watching it. Be careful or, or keep, your, keep your faith strong, a proper diet. How do you keep your faith strong? Eating the word, right? And be careful with your words. Be careful with your words. The underground church of China don't have the same issues that we in the church in America have because they're constantly under threat of dying for their faith in Jesus. Is anybody with me? There are a lot of things that we never thought would happen in this country that are happening. I don't know how severe persecution coming down the pike goes. There are minority groups that say you're the problem with America. That you are worse than the terrorist that Israel dealt with. That's small. A small group. I don't know how big that group gets. But here's what I, we've got to learn to love each other as a church family, to pull together as a church family, to pray over each other as a church family, and see the spiritual needs instead of just the physical. If you think back to most of your prayer requests, they've either been about financial provision or healing for somebody, right? How long has it been since we have, since we have actually said, hey, 
I need you to pray for my son's salvation. I need you to pray for my daughter's salvation. I need you to pray. How long has it been since we went into the spirit world and started looking at the, the, the prayer needs? We have been able to skate by with a relaxed spirituality as a church in this country. Persecution, the church has always thrived under persecution. Why? Because it's under persecution where we get rid of all the, uh, when the shaking happens, all that can be shaken will be shaken, and then that which remains is the real stuff. Right? It's okay. It's okay. Whatever comes, it's okay. But you know what could happen? I don't know that this would happen, but you know what could happen? Is if the church were awakened, if we as a church, not just Harvest, but the church, the body of Christ, if we, were, if we awakened to what the enemy is doing and realized that prayer is the word of God in prayer, that's our weapons against him. And that's how we survive and thrive together through the word in prayer together. Man, the enemy would take a hit. Revival could happen that would spring up across this land. An awakening could result where people are coming to Jesus in groves. It's already happening in certain places throughout our country. It's already happening in, 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 in many college campuses. People coming because God, God is at work if we only see the enemy's work, but we don't see God's work. But the only way we see God's work is when we get involved in God's work, Right? When we realize that, what, that this is important, this can no longer be, I'll just kind of pop in when I, when I can. This has to happen now. We need each other. The, the spiritual attacks are too great for us to get out there on our own and try to survive. We need each other. We need to pray for each other. We need to lay hands on each other. We need to speak the word of God over each other. And when we do that, suddenly we see the power of God at work and, and rising up out of the ashes. It's a giant that the enemy fears to deal with. That's what can be. That's what can be. And that's who we are. It's what's on the inside of us. But we just have to come awake to it. We have to wake up to that. If you're here, if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, the, the most important decision that you have ever made in your life is saying yes to Jesus, is inviting him into your life is coming to a place to say Jesus you didn't come to die on a cross for a few bad people you came to die for sinners of which all have sinned and come short of the glory of God the scripture teach us, teaches us 
And so today I come to you as a sinner and I'm inviting you into my life and I ask you to forgive me, wash away my sin, give me your righteousness and I will walk with you and be your disciple. And you can do that right now today, right where you sit, if you have never accepted Jesus and you can walk away with the helmet of salvation on today. Would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Is anybody here today that would just maybe just raise your hand and say, Bud, today I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never been saved. And today I don't want to leave this building without knowing Jesus. Would you just lift your hand up and I will, I'm going to pray from right here for you. You can come up here or you can pray where you're at. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. I know you died on a cross to pay for my sin. And today I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. I receive your righteousness. And now I've confessed your name and I believed in my heart. And your word says, if I do that, I am saved. So right now, this moment, I am a child of God. In Jesus' name. Let's celebrate with those who prayed, guys. Let's celebrate with them. There are others of you, there are others of you that have been under attack, just like I talked about earlier. I want to give you an opportunity if you want to come up here and pray today to come. We got to defeat the enemy on this. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not by yourself. So as we sing, why don't you stand? I want to invite you to come break this thing. Break the enemy's stronghold. Break the enemy's strong, uh, stronghold on your mind. Find freedom today in Jesus' name.